Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Um, this afternoon we're going to uh, continue from where we left off last week. Last week we were sharing about the kingdom of God and how that the word of God is the principal seed. Um, if you want to get results um, within the kingdom of God. And we're able to see from the scriptures in Mark chapter 4 verse 14 that the seed being talked about there is the word of God. The seed is the word of God. And we also saw from scriptures that this seed is of top grade quality, that this seed is incorruptible, and that this seed will always work. Hallelujah. And that this seed is not like... Um, well, in, it's like a natural seed in the sense that it will produce after its own kind, but then it's not like a natural seed in the sense that it always works. It is of top grade quality. There is a guarantee on it that it will always work. Hallelujah. And that also brings us to a lesson because uh, to learn here, which is that um, people have in times past tried to obey the word of god they have in times past tried to activate the word of god in their lives they have in times past tried to practice the word of god and um, they fell flat on their faces and um, they didn't get the results that were desired and people then begin to doubt and um, begin to think that could it be that um, god's word only works when it is convenient for it to work or could it be that god's word um just works and at times it just doesn't work and people can easily get confused in fact it could even lead to doubts in people's minds that okay maybe when they are praying on this occasion god will answer and maybe when they are praying on another occasion god is not going to answer but we see from the scriptures that the seed of the word of God is incorruptible and that it always works. It has no defect. It is of top grade quality. It will always work. But there is a variable in the equation. The constant is the word of God. The word of God will always work. But the variable in the equation is what we want to quickly, uh, what, what we want to uh, quickly um, just take a look at today from the scriptures and then also we want to see from the scriptures how do we plant the word of god how do we plant and how do we sow the word of god because uh, we read from last week that the kingdom of god is as if a man should plant seed into the ground so we need to also understand from scriptures how do we plant this seed into the ground of our heart to get a result because um, many people are doing things and they think they are planting the word of god but they actually are not planting the word of god and if you are not planting the seed 
into the ground then you shouldn't be expecting a harvest but many people are doing things today in christianity they are doing things in church everybody comes to church get some activity in but and they think that they are planting the word of god by doing such things and we're going to see from the scriptures that how exactly god expects us to plant the word into our hearts but just before we do that we're just going to take a quick look a very quick look at the types of grounds that exist in the kingdom of god we're going to take a quick look at the types of ground that exist in the kingdom of god remember we have said that the word of god is the constant so it definitely means that the ground on which we are planting the word of god into must be the variable for we to get different results from the activity of planting god's word so let's turn to mark chapter 4 and there we're going to read about the various um, types of ground that jesus talked about in the gospels mark chapter 4 i'll read from verse 1 he says and he began again to teach by the seaside and there was gathered unto him a great multitude so that he entered into a ship and sat in the sea and the whole multitude was by the sea on the land and he taught them many things by parables and said unto them in his doctrine hearken behold there went out a sower to sow and it came to pass as he sowed some fell by the wayside and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up and some fell on stony ground where it had not much earth and immediately it sprang up because he had no depth of earth but when the sun was up it was scorched and because he had no root it withered away and some fell among thorns and the thorns grew up and choked it and it yielded no fruit and other fell on good ground and did yield fruit that sprang up and increased and brought forth some thirty some sixty and some an hundred and he said unto them he that hath hears to hear let him hear and when he was alone they that were about him with the twelve asked of him the parable so here jesus gave a parable here about famine and here he gave an example of four different types of grounds that could have existed in that scenario and that the same seed was sowed into these four types of ground that um, the ones that fell by the wayside the stony ground and one that um, had thorns in it and one that was um, uh, classified as good ground so there were four types of scenarios that jesus put forward here and then they came to ask him that you know what this parable was all about and in verse 11 jesus said unto them unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of god but unto them that are without all these things are done in parables that seeing they may see and not perceive and hearing they may hear and not understand 
lest at any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven them. And he said unto them, Know ye not this parable? And how then will you know all parables? Know ye not this parable? And how then will you know all parables? What Jesus was saying here is that if you don't know this parable, then how are you possibly going to know all the other parables? So it means that this was the basic knowledge. This was the foundation knowledge of Christianity that Jesus was presenting um, to the people here. That this is the foundation. That if you don't know this one, you can't possibly know the rest of the parables. So it means that in our Christian work, it is very essential and very important to understand the um, the parable of uh, the, uh, the parable of the various types of grounds here that Jesus spoke about. And then let's go to verse fourteen. The first statement that Jesus made in explaining this parable to his disciples was the sower soweth the word. The sower soweth the word. So here we see that in this parable that is being given here, Jesus was talking about the seed of the word. One of the reasons why I'm always very delighted when I see verse 14, which says, the sower soweth the word, is that if Jesus did not specifically write it here, that the sower soweth the word, what would have happened is that people would have turned up to tell us that the seed was something else. Hallelujah. But here it is written categorically. The sower soweth the word. So the question is this. If you say that you are working with God, what exactly are you sowing into the ground of your heart? What exactly are you sowing? Hallelujah. The sower soweth the word. So for these parables to kick into effect... For this process to kick into effect in our lives, we have to answer one question first. What exactly are we sowing into our hearts? Hallelujah. It's possible for many people to get involved in certain activities and yet not sow the word and yet expect a result from the kingdom of God. It's possible. It's possible for you to be involved in some activity. Sorry, I thought she was making a phone call. It's possible for you to be involved in activities that are different from sowing the word of God even within the church today. Now you can be involved in running around for the kingdom of God. You can come to church and have a program that makes you run around, carry things, do things, but yet not have a personal program 
of sowing the word into your heart. Jesus qualified it and he qualified it clearly. The sower soweth the word. So what are you sowing into your heart? That is the first question that we need to answer here. Many people also are sowing nothing, but then they have a life of prayer. So they can pray for very long periods of time. They can hang on in prayer for long periods of time, but they are also not sowing the word into their hearts. So it is possible for you to pray for long periods of time without an investment of the word of God into the ground of your heart. But Jesus said, the sower soweth the word. It is not possible for you to replace the word of God with any other kind of seed that is convenient to you or convenient to your environment. He says, the sower soweth the word. The sower soweth the word. And the word is coming forth unto you in thoughts. So when God is speaking his thoughts, remember I says that your thoughts, no, my, your thoughts are not like my thoughts and your ways are not like my ways. So it means that when God's word is coming to you, it's coming to you in the form of thoughts. So, and those are the seeds that you must then begin to plant into the ground of your heart. So, it means that even in your thought life, what are you planting into the ground of your heart? The Bible says that the out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So, it means that what you are supplying into your heart in abundant quantities is what will eventually come out of your mouth. So, the question is, what are you sowing into the ground of your heart? Some people... Um, some people, you know, spend more hours, more hours of the day watching the television, listening to the news, reading newspapers, than interacting with the Word of God. And what that means is that once you are doing that, you are sowing the thoughts that are being communicated through those channels into your heart. So, what exactly are you sowing into your heart to get a result that you desire? Jesus said, the sower soweth the word. I mean, if that statement was never made, it would have been possible for people to give different interpretations. That, oh no, for this scripture to work for you, no, you have to sow this other thing. For this scripture to work for you, you have to sow that other thing. But Jesus qualified it. That in this parable I'm sharing with you, the sower soweth the word. So if we are not even sowing the word, we are not even in a place where we should be expecting any result from the kingdom of God. If we are not sowing the word into our hearts, we have not even got into a place where we should be expecting a result from the kingdom of God. He says, the sower soweth the word. So we need to come back to the place where we are sure that it is the word of God that we are sowing. And then he goes on to say in verse 15, and these are they 
by the wayside where the word is sown but when they have heard satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts that satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts satan cometh immediately and taketh away the words that were sown in their hearts hallelujah so we see here that the seed of god's word because now that jesus has told us that the seed is the word so the seed of god's word fell on for some people fell by the wayside so this typifies a heart the heart of a person who walks into church who walks into the service listens to the word of god and the moment that person steps out through the door has immediately forgotten what exactly was shared has immediately forgotten what exactly was taught about during the service he says satan cometh immediately and steals the word away hallelujah so we see here that that typifies the heart of a person who came into church listened to the word and as soon as the service was over the actions and the speech of that person betrays someone who never even understood exactly what was shared hallelujah he says satan had come immediately to steal that word that was sown into their hearts so we see here that the sower sowed the word that word was top grade quality and the seed that fell into everyone's heart was of the same quality but now we are seeing the first type of ground here that this man who had the heart described as the wayside the moment the word came on that on on that heart satan came to take it away and steal it immediately there are people today when they come to church they sit under the ministry of the word and the moment they go out no they, they can't even relate what they heard with what they are faced with i'll give you an example say for instance you've just preached a message on you know releasing the god kind of faith or how to you know receive something by faith from god and maybe you've thought on confessions you've thought on how to speak right you've thought on mark eleven twenty three, and then someone who sat through that entire service and sat through that entire teaching then walks out of that place and then in 30 minutes time that person feels a symptom on his body and that person could not even come up with anything from that service that could have been of help to him in dealing with that symptom 
and that person just makes a statement such as oh this thing is going to kill me now such a person satan stole that word so there was no relationship between what was said and what the guy is now activating when he came across a terrible situation hallelujah and then we'll look at the second kind of ground in fact just before we go on i just want to uh, chip this in that is why when we are coming for a service it is important for us as believers say for instance you want to attend a service and things are going to be taught and preached in that service you should always say a prayer to god which is that lord give unto me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of yourself lord open the eyes of my understanding so that i may see what things are going to be shared today so that i can see the revelation of your word as things are being spoken from the pulpit hallelujah and also even when uh, we are coming to preach the word or to teach the word we also pray for people who will be listening to us that lord as i speak today i see a release of the spirit of wisdom and revelation upon every single person that is going to come under the ministry of the word today that is the kind of prayer we should be praying anytime we are stepping into a service that lord as the word comes forth from the pulpit say something to my heart directly you know when you are sitting in a service when something occurs to you very strongly deep inside you in fact the preacher might be saying something but god might even be saying something else to you through what the preacher said that even the preacher himself is not aware of that is understanding that is coming to you but jesus says that the ones who are the ground you know whose heart were like the you know wayside ground are people who did not even understand the word at all nothing came down if you just ask them what did you learn in service today they say oh it was great oh yes was very was nice preaching was nice teaching and they are forgotten because nothing latched onto their heart because there was no understanding hallelujah so it is very important that when we are going for a service we pray that prayer that Ephesians prayer that I see a release of the spirit of wisdom and revelation come upon me as I attend that service and that I will definitely hear the voice of God speak to me the eyes of my understanding will be opened to understand spiritually what is being taught and what is being said from the pulpit and then the second type of ground is uh, what jesus goes to describe in verse 16 he says and these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground who when they have heard the word immediately receive it with gladness and have no root in themselves and so endure but for a time afterward when affliction or persecution ariseth for the word's sake immediately they are 
offended. Hallelujah. Now this, you notice that this particular kind of heart described as the stony ground, Jesus took his time to describe the sequence of what goes on in that kind of heart over three verses. Verses 16, 17, and 18. Let's start. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground who when they have heard the word immediately receive it with gladness. So we see here that these are people who sat under the ministry of the word. These are people who understood what the word was saying to them. And these are people who also received the word with gladness. Now the first three things I have said to you are valid. And these three things must happen in your life as you sit under the ministry of the word. Number one, you heard the word. Number two, you received it with gladness. No, sorry, number two, you understood what was, what was taught. And then number three, you received it with gladness. So something was being taught and preached, you understood it, and then you received it with gladness. There is nothing wrong with that. That is entirely valid. I mean, when God's word comes and light shines in your heart, definitely you are going to be glad. Because God's word is going to paint the, the picture of freedom. The picture of liberty. Hallelujah. The picture of deliverance from every negative thing that could have been going on in your life before that time. So definitely the arrival of the word of God into your heart should bring gladness. Hallelujah. But then let's go on to where things began to go out of shape. So it is valid. We heard the word. We understood the word and we received the word with gladness. But then the next thing that Jesus goes to say, that these people, even though they received the word, did not have root in themselves. I.e., the word was not given enough time to take deep root into the heart of these people. And the Bible says that that word so endure, that's the, the seed that was sown, the plant, so endure but for a time. But that afterward, when affliction or persecution ariseth for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. So we see here, the Bible is talking about people who receive the word with gladness, but for whatever reason, they did not take the time. They did not take the time to allow that word to take deep root into their hearts. And then what happened, another um, rendering of this uh, same parable says that immediately the seed sprang forth, i.e. something began to show on the outside. So it meant that there was activity, there was progress, but there wasn't enough root. Hallelujah. Because the ground was stony. So it meant that these people had not yet taken enough time. Had not taken enough time 
to allow that word to develop roots into the ground. And then the Bible says that persecution and affliction ariseth for the word's sake. Now, it is not for your sake, but it is for the word's sake. Because Satan is only going to attack the activity of the word in a man's life. If there is no activity of the word in your life, you are not a threat to him. Hallelujah. And it is not for your sake that the persecution and affliction has arisen. The persecution and affliction has arisen against you, but it is not for your sake. Hallelujah. Because when the, when the persecution arises, you begin to feel uncomfortable. You begin to feel uncomfortable. You begin to feel distressed. But it is for the sake of that word. It is to the intent that that word will not be productive in your life. So that is why the persecution and the affliction have come. Now, that is another type of ground that Jesus um, spoke about. And he says that, when this affliction then comes and the persecution also comes he says they immediately they are offended offended means that they abort the process they are no longer interested in the process so offended also means that um, the plant is going to be scorched and it's going to be dried out hallelujah because persecution and affliction is a type of negative weather condition harsh weather conditions coming upon the plant the conditions are harsh hot negative hallelujah but because that word had not taken enough root into the hearts of the people it could not produce the desired result hallelujah and that is what we need to realize that when when the word has taken root into our hearts when the word has been allowed to take deep root into our hearts it does not mean that afflictions and persecutions will not also come to us they will also come to us but they will be treated differently from what we have seen here over here we see that the people were offended the people were offended the process was aborted hallelujah I've, i mean we could have met people in our lives before who said that they prayed about something they you know they did something but at the end of the day they did not get the results that they desired and then they became offended at the process some people even pull back from practicing christianity anymore they don't go to church and they don't want to hear anything about jesus christ anymore because the word did not take root into their hearts and because it did not take root when persecutions and afflictions arose for the word's sake they got offended and they killed and stopped the process hallelujah and now it doesn't mean that these people were had done something wrong for this persecution to have caused them to offended all that has happened is that the word that was sown into their hearts had not taken enough root and now what is the advantage of any plant or any tree of any sort having a deep root system 
Now we know uh, from our basic uh, biology that what roots do a lot is that they store nutrients and they store water. They store a number of things that they distribute into the rest of the tree. Also, again, what roots also do is that when they are deep enough, they go deep into the ground and they form what you will call a support structure for the plant. I'll give you an example. Say, for instance, if there was a tornado or some form of hurricane, let's say a very light one, the trees that have very deep roots, even though their leaves could fall off, even though some branches could fall off, will still remain after the storm. But the ones that don't have deep roots will topple over as a result of the impact of that wind that is coming against them. So we see here that a root system is a very strong root system is an advantage to a plant or a tree in adverse weather conditions. But because that word had not taken root, then these people were offended. Very quickly, I'll just explain. How do you allow God's word to take root into your heart? The way you allow God's word to take root into your heart is that you continue to look at that word. You continue to speak it. You continue to meditate on it. You continue to thank God for the fulfillment of that word. You continue to thank God on it you continue to offer praises unto him you continue to speak that word both in your privacy and into the air you just keep speaking it you keep looking at it you keep meditating on it you keep reflecting on it you keep you keep it before your very eyes and also you water it with thanksgiving with prayer you do all those things put together and that is how the word keeps getting rooted deep down into your heart that's how the word keeps getting rooted into your heart but what happens on many occasions is that after we have received a word and we rejoice in the light of that word for a short season somehow we just drop it somewhere and when persecution comes when affliction arises because that word had not taken deep root down inside our hearts then we become offended so that is the second um, type of ground that Jesus spoke about. I'll quickly run through uh, the remaining two grounds before we uh, close the service today. Uh, if you go to verse 19, uh, verse 18, he says, And these are they which are sown among thongs, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches and the lusts of other things entering in choke the word and it becometh unfruitful remember we started with the fact that the seed is incorruptible and is of top grade quality but here we are seeing a type of ground it says sown among thongs where it can possibly not produce fruit and become unfruitful he says, these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things entering in choke the word. A lot of times we are busy 
doing so many different things we are busy we have busy lives especially in the west we are so busy we are off to work we are you know coming back from work we are doing all sorts of things all sorts of things and because all these things they are somewhat necessary for our physical survival it means that they are legitimate but then the bible is saying here that if you are that kind of person who is hundred percent consumed with pursuing after legitimate things with pursuing after legitimate things and don't have enough time to grow a proper root system with the word that you have heard and received then at the end of the day these thorns will eventually choke the word and prevent it from becoming productive hallelujah that is why if you want to see god's word work in your life if you want to see god's word produce result in your life if you want to see god's word productive in your life then you have to devote time and attention to the word of god but then the question is this for me to devote time and attention to the word of god does that mean that i have to stop my job because i work uh, 12 hours on the job i worked i mean i'm working for 12 hours you know and then after i get back home i have to look after my children for another six hours you know for another six hours so that makes 18 hours in fact working 12 hours i even tack on two hours to get to the job another two hours to come back from the job so i only have at least four hours to sleep on a daily basis so how do i give myself to the ministry of the word of god my advice to you is very simple even on that 12 hour job if something happened in the morning at home let's say there was something that happened maybe something to excite you or something to really annoy you i hope you know that all through that day during all your 12 hours at work your thought system will be focused on that event even though you are moving your hands, you are moving your fingers, you are attending to phone calls, you are replying emails, your principal thought system will be on that event that has happened. No matter how serious a worker you are. Now, for me, that is the part of your life that Satan wants to take hold of and prevent you from focusing on the word of god so it means that if you have the capacity to still get promoted on that job after you have spent the entire 12 hours meditating on what somebody said to you in the morning it also means that you have the capacity to spend 12 hours on that job meditating on the word of god hallelujah it's just that we have not given it the attention and the priority that it deserves even the other pockets of time that we have what do we do with those pockets of time 
hallelujah that's one of the things i do at work i just walk out of the place i mean if you have a one hour lunch time then it means that you have every right to do anything you like with your one hour so i just walk out of the place plug myself up with the word of god and begin to listen to the word of god i just walk out i just walk out to the streets i'm listening to the word of god i walk out to the streets and begin to pray in the spirit i walk out on the streets and you know begin to meditate on things that i've heard from the word of god so that i can allow the word to take deep root into my heart and i'm not just doing this because i'm pastor but i'm doing this as part of the process for the word of god to be productive in my personal life so it is very important this is something that we miss out as christians because we justify the fact that we are busy and we use that as the justification for not taking the word of god into our systems in sufficient quantities not only so when you when you begin to do this even the time you spend on the train even the time you spend on the train if you're going to spend one hour traveling on the train why don't you bring your bring out your bible and begin to read it why don't you put on a tape or put on a message and begin to listen to it and begin to allow god's word to go deep down into your heart using every available pocket of time including idle time hallelujah some people in relationships say that okay we need to spend quality time you know with our spouses and what is quality time quality time simply means that you spent the entire day doing something different and then you now want to spend five minutes looking at your spouse and then we'll call that quality time say well i'm giving you all the attention just for five minutes god is not after quality time alone god is after quantity time hallelujah if we don't spend quantity time with god we cannot get the results that we desire we need to spend quantity time in the word of god in addition to quality time hallelujah so it means that so if one if one to use the concept of quantity and uh, quality time it means that you spend the whole day planting unbelief and negativity into your heart and then five minutes the first five minutes of the day you look at the bible you look at the word of god you spend quality time you give god all your attention for five minutes and then after five minutes you are out on the street planting unbelief 100 percent it ain't gonna work the thorns of this life will choke that word in your heart and it will become unfruitful if you don't spend time quality and quantity time hallelujah adults may deceive themselves about quality time but children you can't deceive children about quality uh, using quality time you can't you spend only five minutes with a child the child knows that this is that i'm not happy with this and there's no amount of saying that you you concentrated on the child for five minutes and now say that oh yes that is all done and dusted no they will know that look this this is not we're not happy with this and you can't deceive them because they didn't see that length that stretch of time being spent with them hallelujah so it's very important and then the last um type of ground which is the ground that we all desire as believers he says and these are they which are sown on good ground such as hear the word receive it and bring forth fruit 
some 30 fold some 60 fold and some 100 so that is the ideal situation that is the ideal scenario but for this to happen in our lives we have to ensure that the three other types of ground that jesus talked about um are not represented in our hearts and number one is that the ones that fell by the wayside meant that the man did not even understand the word he didn't even remember what was said he had no comprehension spiritual comprehension of what was said so it means that when we are coming to church or when we want to study the word of god we need to pray and ask for a release of the spirit of wisdom and revelation you know come under the ministry of the holy spirit ask the holy spirit to open the eyes of your understanding as you study the word and as you go to church to receive the ministry of the word then the second type of ground which is the stony ground we have to ensure that when we receive the word of god we always allow that word to take deep root into our hearts that we don't just run off with excitement and shout on the rooftop about that word and when they check our lives in another three weeks we are no longer practicing that word or we are now even saying something opposite that word because we became offended so it means that for you to have a good ground you have to ensure that you don't have a wayside don't your the heart your heart doesn't have wayside qualities that will allow satan to come and steal that word your heart also doesn't have stony ground qualities that will not allow that word to take deep root into the ground and then also you need to ensure that your heart your heart also does not have thorny ground qualities which is that it is full of thorns the cares of this world the loss for other things the deceitfulness of riches because one of the things that also happen again is that when people are in the midst of riches they become deceived by it and think that they don't actually need god riches are deceitful many people think that they don't actually need god if you look into today's world today people who are rich and have money don't and i believe and they don't have they cannot bear children the first place they will go will be to the doctors they will not go to god first because their riches will make them believe that if we spend money we'll be able to solve this problem hallelujah and then once we are sure that those three grounds are out of the way i believe very strongly that we are on our way to spiritual productivity which is that as we receive the word of god we should allow that word to take deep root into our hearts we should keep watering it with thanksgiving praise and worship we should take the stones away we should remove the stones make sure that our make sure that our hearts are free from offense make sure that our hearts are free from bitterness you know unforgiveness all those things we should take care of the ground make sure that we don't have stones that can affect the deep root system of that word in our hearts and also make sure that the thorns you know the thorns around our hearts are rooted out and taken away which means that we are spending the required we are giving the required attention to the things of god in fact the two places where god spoke very strongly about meditation you know you begin to look at it how can this be possible he says that this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth but thou shalt meditate upon it day and night so it means that meditating on god's word day and night leaves you with no time to meditate on anything else 
so it means that as you are going you are meditating on the word of god as you are eating you are meditating on the word of god and it is possible because when you are eating you are thinking about something so the question is what are you thinking about you are thinking about that guy that offended you you are thinking about that guy that called you stupid you are thinking about that person that said something hurtful to you then that time you can spend it thinking about the word of god hallelujah and also uh, the psalmist say that blessed is the one who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly nor standeth in the way of the sinners nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful but his delight is in the law of the lord and in his law does he meditate day and night hallelujah and he was now saying that if you meditate in his law day and night that you will be very fruitful hallelujah in Joshua, he said that you shall that thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Success and prosperity has eluded many believers today because they have not given enough time to the word of God, to meditate on the word of God, to reflect on the word of God, to allow the word of God to take deep root down into their hearts to a point where it will then bear fruit upwards, to a point where it will now, the works of God will now kick into motion. He says, it's as if a man should plant seed into the ground, sleep and rise night and day and the spring you know and the seed springs forth and the man knoweth not how so it means that once you give yourself to the word of god in meditation in prayer in thanksgiving and your focus is on the word of god day and night a point will come in your life where god will begin to do things and the bible says he knoweth not how that you can't explain it god has already kicked into action and is beginning to move things around is beginning to affect things in places where you cannot physically or naturally reach hallelujah so i'll just you know like to um stop here with that lesson that look we need to give hundred percent attention to god's word when it is sown into our hearts so that we can see it produce kingdom results and kingdom miracles in our lives in jesus name amen